These are all questions you need to ask yourself early on in the process before you ever buy a piece of equipment, before you ever try to hit record on anything. You need to figure out what your podcast is going to be about. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today I have a very, very special guest, our own podcast editor and announcer and voiceover guy extraordinaire, Daniel D. Craig from Silent Outburst Productions. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Matt. Now you can tell why he does the announcing and not me, right? I just have that voice. It's the voice, the radio voice. So Dan spent about 15 years now in the audio world. He started as a radio DJ and worked his way into radio commercial production, live sports broadcasting, and podcasting more recently. Dan, why don't you give us like just kind of a quick overview of what you do for us and, and for other companies and brands of podcasts? So what I do in a nutshell is edit podcasts. And I try to make your podcast, this podcast, Digital Marketing Masters, and any podcast who comes to me, the way I describe it is a shiny gem. I turn it from a raw audio file to a shiny gem. That's what I try to do. I try to, you know, you pull out the ums and the ahs, the the ticks and the clicks, all the weird background noises that, you know, and you can't pull all those out. But try to just make a podcast sound as good as possible, make it flow, and also to another level, if they're fumbling and stumbling, I remove those pieces because from a listener perspective, you don't want to hear that necessarily. It, it helps to leave a little bit of that in because you don't want to hear a robot talking to you who always sounds perfect. That's not necessarily the best thing to listen to as well. But you want to be able to understand the speaker's point as they get something across. And so for me, I do a lot of content editing, which is you know, making those points concise enough that the listener understands exactly what's going on in the conversation. That's right. Everybody out there, you get any advice on podcasts, they say it's all about the content, it's about the content, it's about the content. And you know what? It is about the content because honestly, I mean, you can polish a turd all day. It's not going to turn into a gem, right? But it also has to be there's, there's, it has to be good enough that you can clearly hear and understand the audio and the people speaking, which was why we hired you in the first place, right? Is because I was listening to these podcasts in my car and I'd be driving and, you know, there's road noise and traffic noise and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes I couldn't hear the guests on the shows that I wanted to hear and it just pissed me off. I was like this one that I listened to, they had a hundred million dollar company. I couldn't hear the guests on their podcast. It was just super annoying. So you want to have that. That's a that's a big thing is is audio or volume leveling, making sure that each guest is at the same level so that you don't have one yelling in your ear and the other one is whispering to you because they're on a different microphone in a different room and that kind of stuff. It takes a little bit of time and a little bit of, you know, really paying attention as you go through the edit and making sure that everything levels out. Quiet spots get brought up, loud spots get brought down, the two of the two or three of you or however many people are on the podcast all get leveled to the same level. And then you remove the things that are going to be distractions. And then towards the end, you end up making a piece of audio that then is listenable, right? And as you said, content is absolutely important. You can't polish a turd, but it also has to be listenable. You have to be able to put on headphones or just, you know, a lot of people listen over their phone speaker. It's not a great playback platform, but you still have to be able to hear it. Right. So... That is the point of editing a podcast, and it's super important to edit your podcast, I believe. Now, there are some types of podcasts where they really want natural conversation, and that's okay. You can have that, but still, you should edit it to some degree because people have long pauses. There are, there are things that the listener, and for me, you always have to, at least from my perspective, you always have to take the listener's perspective as you're doing the podcast, especially as you're editing. But even from when you're creating your content and, you know, deciding what you want your podcast to be, you should look at it from the listener perspective because it's they who are going to be consuming your product, not you. If you listen to the radio and that's, you know, the world that Dan comes from, right? When you listen to the radio, it doesn't sound like some of the podcasts out there. I'm not going to name any names of whose podcast is a piece of crap, but honestly, I mean, I want to hear the con because I mean, they have intelligent 
people with lots of experience and, and I want to hear what they're talking about. But then you get their podcast and the interviewer is like, so Jim, how do you do this thing? And then Jim is on the other end. He's like, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck am I listening to? Right? Like you got to get that sound quality in. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to have, you don't have to go like crazy on equipment and stuff. Right? No. And you shouldn't, at least not if you're, if you're new, you shouldn't, if you're, right. if you're brand new to podcasting, you shouldn't go crazy on equipment. You should actually focus far more on what you're, you know, what and why. And we can get into that in a minute, but go ahead with what you were saying. Sure. Well, I was going to say, it doesn't, if you're a business or you're a brand, there is a certain level that you should be at, right? With any of your media, right? You should have a professional headshot, you know, that's on your LinkedIn profile, right? And you should have a good, you know, bio or description kind of thing. And just like that, that you would have on LinkedIn or something like that, you want good, clean, reasonable sounding audio for your podcast because it's, it's the, it's the barrier to entry, right? Absolutely. Anything below that line is not good enough and no one's going to listen to it. You're going to get six downloads because your mom's going to listen to half the episodes and, and your spouse, you know, and that's it. Well, and if you're a business, people are already expecting a certain level of quality and professionalism from you because they've seen what you've done in other areas of your business. So if you put out a podcast that is garbage, it's actually going to drag down the idea of what they believe and think about your business. Yeah. They will have less trust in your ability to do the work that whatever it is that you do. And now we could talk about content a little more in a second. But right now we're just talking about clarity and stuff. But I wanted to get into this a little more because, Dan, we had talked about this at length. You've been editing our podcast, working with us for a few years. So our company has a course platform. We make courses like an email course, Inbox Mastery. And I thought, Dan... There's a lot of people coming out with podcasting courses and stuff. I get asked questions constantly about how do I start a podcast. So we've come up with the idea to partner together to make podcast mastery, right? So people can have basically a, a blueprint, a set of instructions on how to go from having nothing to having a podcast that has a, a good listenership and how to market your podcast. So all the way from nothing to something that, that is a viable part of your marketing strategy. And that blueprint is super important, but also we're not just here to pitch the podcast course. We want to talk about what are the things that you need to think about before you start a podcast? That's really the, probably the questions that we get the most are related to that topic. So I think the first one is why should someone have a podcast? Actually, I mean, I think you're right. That is one of the questions, but I actually have a list of five. I call them the five W's. And one of my caveats is to begin with, there is no one certain way to start a podcast. You have to ask yourself these five W's to then narrow down to the point of what you need, right? And so it's a bit like an old timey detective. You know, we're going to do the, the who, why, when, what, and how. Don't Pay attention to the last word and how that's spelled. There's a W in it. That's all that matters. <laughs> the five W's. Okay. <laughs> so who? And of course, we're speaking about who is going to be the host. If it's not you, why is it not you? Because for the most part, especially if you're starting a business or, you know, you're starting a business podcast, you are going to be the best advocate for your business. You're going to be the one who knows everything about the topics you're, you're going to discuss. And if you're afraid of your own voice, you're just going to have to get over that because no one is going to be able to articulate your thoughts, your education, your ability to do that job better than you, right? So let me expand on that a little bit also, especially if you're in a larger organization that maybe you have a marketing department or you have a considerable amount of employees, then it's it not necessarily like the CEO of the business or the president of the business. It could be somebody who is in charge of marketing or sales for a department. And then there's also, depending upon the format of your podcast, let's go with interview, which is kind of the most common, right, is the interview podcast. You can also have a third party, right? Like somebody like Dan or from another agency that you hire or somebody else in your company who can be one of the hosts. 
So you can have a host slash announcer narrator type person who has a script to follow. And then, you know, the person from your company who is there to do the interviewing. So that's another option also. So there's lots of ways to skin a cat, right? So... Yeah, and they can they can come on and almost act as a moderator and, and you know keep you on point if you if you aren't the best at doing that for yourself, right? Right. There's also the the interview option of where you have somebody who is a host or a, or a or a moderator kind of thing, but they're interviewing people from your company, right? So you can do that internally as another option, especially for B two B. And it does it does also matter who's going to be your host you know, based on the why of your podcast, because, and that's what we're about to get into, but because, you know, if you have a, say you're doing a, a creative narrative podcast, maybe you don't want to be the one, maybe you want a professional voice to read that. Right. So it does matter about the why. Uh, and so the why is the next of the five W's. Why are you starting a podcast? Do you want to help people? Are you trying to create social proof of knowledge? Do you just want to nerd out and talk about Marvel stuff, right? Are you trying to share a passion? All of those things matter and you should ask those questions. You should dive deep into that about all of those things and discover why it is you're trying to start the podcast. And if it's business specific, there's a whole nother set of questions you, you should be asking yourself, right? The wrong reason to start a podcast is... I read an article that Forbes said I should have a podcast, so I'm going to make a podcast. You know, just because Inc. Magazine wrote an article from some guest post who said you should have a podcast for your business. You need to have a reason for it, right? You need to know that why. And that why needs to be to inform or entertain or or infotain is a word that's been thrown around in the past about that. You need to get that information out to your customers. It builds trust. It builds brand. It gives your brand a voice. It gives you a conversation that you can have with your listener. And those listeners, if you're doing it right over time, the psychology of it is that their brain believes that you are a friend of theirs, right? Absolutely. Know, like, and trust, right? We hear that all the time. You get the know, like, and trust factor. You hear their voice repeatedly, and then people will tune in on a regular schedule because they want to hear that voice and hear that, you know, the banter or the chit chat or, you know, and, and they like the topics and the information that you're presenting or it's, you know, entertaining or intriguing, right? Depending upon whether it's fiction, nonfiction interview, that kind of thing. And if you have like a passion project, you know, that can be a real factor in it, especially if it's something like hobby related, gaming related, or if you're talking to a specific niche of industry professionals. Absolutely. And you can allow, as you were saying, if you have a passion project or something, it doesn't have to be, well, you can do your passion project podcast and then sponsor it by your business. And and let's just be clear, your podcast should never be a business infomercial for your business. <laughs> right. That's boring. Nobody wants to hear that. They will tune out immediately and no one will ever come back. It should be something that you're passionate about. And then you can just say at the back end and the front end, sponsored by my business. Come check me out, if, you know, and that will draw far more leads because as you say, it gets people engaged, it gets them interested. The topic of the podcast will bring them in. And then once they know, like, and trust you, they can turn to you for their business needs. Now, here's a secret that most people don't know about podcasting, especially on the business to business end, is that your guests can turn into referral partners for your business. So the person who comes on the show who is in has the same audience or is in the same industry as you, right, or some related industry, they know other people in the industry, they have friends, they have other people, other business contacts, they become a fantastic referral or networking source for you and your business. So your guests can become part of your network. And that is a super important part. And it's it's something that people overlook. Like I, I've honestly never seen that in an article or I don't talk about podcasting ever, but it's probably the most important part of this podcast. You are absolutely correct. I was just, and we're going to get into Clubhouse later, but I was just listening to someone on Clubhouse the other day talk about how he has a, a nerd out podcast where he talks about superheroes, right? That's all he talks about. And his job has nothing to do with superheroes, but because his superhero podcast has been uh, successful... People have found him and he now does work for almost exclusively people who have appeared on his superhero podcast. Right. 
And and we'll talk more about Clubhouse because I know it's hot right now, right? But I was on Clubhouse on Wednesday and, and every Wednesday I do a show right now with Holly Jean Jackson and uh, we have a couple other people involved right now also. But that became around because Holly Jean Jackson was a guest on this podcast. And now we're friends on Clubhouse. It just makes sense to bring on like-minded people and then you can, you know, down the road, turn around and work with them. Okay, so that's that's the why. So the next W is when, right? And the when is referring to time commitment. How much time can you commit to this? And really, it doesn't matter what the what the why is. You need to commit to treating it like a business. When you're growing your podcast, it's going to be like a business. You have to make sure that you're in it for the long haul. And you have to be ready to step outside of your comfort zone a lot. It's going to happen. But remember, though, that when you're stepping outside your comfort zone, you're growing. And that's good. It's good for you. It's good for everybody. Right. But you really have to remember or, or focus in on when can you commit the time and will you be able to commit it long term? So there is a uh, company called Rival IQ that makes an industry report for social media every year. And it just came out a few days ago for what happened during 2020 for social media. The engagement rate, and engagement rate is defined by how many people out of the amount of followers you have will see something that you post. So this is like a business page or a Twitter account or something. When you post something, what percentage of your followers get shown that thing? And the current rate on Facebook is 0.0045%. That's giant. <laughs> so not even, not 1%, not even half a percent. Wow. It's actually 0.37 on Twitter. So that's less, like a third of a percent, right? And I think it was slightly higher on Instagram, if I remember correctly. But man, it is a terrible channel. But here's the thing. You still have to consistently post on your social media account because you don't want somebody to go look at it and your last post was 2019 and people think you're closed, right? Absolutely. But how many businesses are spending one, two, three hours a week of someone, some employee's time to come up with a post and post it on each of those platforms when they could easily cut that down to once a week or once every couple of weeks and spend that extra time working on the podcast? where you're going to directly talk to your people and every single subscriber to your podcast will have your podcast appear in their player every time that you publish something. Makes total sense. You know what the engagement rate is on, on a podcast? A lot higher than 0.003%, I imagine. Yeah, it's, it's with subscribers. It's something like 50-something percent. So the only way you're going to get 50% on Facebook is if you're spending a ton of money to promote every single piece of content. But your podcast, depending upon how frequent it comes out, everybody who's a subscriber is going to get notified and it's going to show up right there in their player. And most players just automatically play through somebody's list. So you'll automatically be in the queue. Yeah. And just a, a small aside, I was actually just looking through my own because I'm not great at the social media posting, but I, I try. And I was looking at my own analytics the other day and Facebook, for as much as I post on there, I get almost no traction. Almost zero, honestly. Sometimes it's less than 10 people who have viewed my post. Organic reach on Facebook's dead, basically. And when I go over and look at uh, Instagram, it's better. You know, you, you'll reach 100 people, 150 people, but it's still not, it's not world breaking. It's not going to, you know, make a, a gigantic difference. Over time, it will because consistency is key, but you may never see you know, a huge amount of organic reach from any of those platforms. Well, and Instagram is, is slowly fading in an organic reach and it's fading over time, just like Facebook used to be higher and it got lower, 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 because they want you to spend your money on advertising. Instagram reach is getting lower, 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 lower. And there's other platforms you can post on now too, because there's been a lot of fragmentation in, in the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. But like somewhere like Clubhouse right now, is your engagement's through the roof, right? You're getting shown to more people than who follow you. That is over 100% reach, right? Absolutely. And same with TikTok at the moment. Yeah, TikTok's still the same. Same with LinkedIn, actually. There's still not enough people producing content on LinkedIn for the amount of users. 
So channels right now, podcasting, video and uh, carousels and stuff on Instagram are still pretty good. TikTok, you've got your clubhouse. Clubhouse is huge right now. And there's a few other channels too, but those are kind of the biggest ones right now. One other thing that comes to mind, just talking about those social media channels and the organic reach, Instagram just announced, I think last week, that they are no longer going to allow their their algorithm to push out videos that have come from TikTok. So if you post a video from TikTok onto your Instagram reels, that algorithm is going to kill that video and most people won't even ever see it. So if you're going to do both of those platforms, you should now begin to try to do them separately as opposed to post it on TikTok and share it on Instagram. Right. Or you could use two phones. So you could record the same thing at the same time on two platforms. The other thing you could do is you could record it separately and then separately upload to each. But that's for another episode. Let's get back to the W's. Okay. So the next W is the what, right? What is your podcast about? And this one is probably the deepest one that you'll have to spend a lot of time. You may have an idea already of what you think you want to do, you know, but the basic questions you're going to have to ask yourself, is it a narrative? Is it an interview? And you mentioned earlier, so I call them the three E's, education, entertainment, or empathy. And you can pretty much fit any podcast into one of those three. But, you know, which one of those three is it going to be? Are you trying to entertain people? Are you trying to get knowledge out to people? Or are you trying to empathize and, and you know, just share feelings or whatever it is with people. Then you have to, you know, if it's an interview podcast, then you have to determine who are you going to interview? What what are the people who, who are the guests you'd like to bring on? Will it be scripted? Will you include video at some point? And if you're going to include video, you know, you could use Squadcast or uh, Riverside.fm. Those are both great places to do it. But if you're going to include video at some point, you might as well do it from the beginning and learn how to get that integrated in immediately. And then, of course, another great question to ask yourself is, are you going to include licensed music or audio clips? And if so, you can do that. But, you know, there's a, a fairly large hurdle to jump over to get that stuff included. So these are all questions you need to ask yourself early on in the process before you ever buy a piece of equipment, before you ever try to hit record on anything. You need to figure out what your podcast is going to be about. Absolutely. And, you know, this is probably where most companies struggle. A lot of times companies will just default to interview podcasts. And they say, well, I'm going to find people in my industry and just interview them. But you sort of have to have a topic, right, that is, I guess I would maybe I would call it a, a subtopic. So or a theme. Yeah, like a theme. So our guests that we have on this show before they come on the show they understand that they have to share something that is tactical that people listening to this can use for their business immediately. That's the underlying message in our Digital Marketing Masters podcast is give me something I can use now. And just like we're just talking about Instagram, here's an example. Instagram right now, if you use carousels where you can slide the photos from side to side, that's the only type of content you post on Instagram. And Instagram will show to a user twice if they haven't liked it. So you can actually double dip your engagement on Instagram if you use a carousel. That's something you could do right now. You can go post a carousel on Instagram, get more engagement. You actually get double the reach you would of any other type of post, right? So on our podcast, every single episode, you're going to get something you could use, right? And I was talking to someone the other day. They run a podcast for a company that sells sporting goods, specifically for like hiking and camping. And their podcast, they interview people who have gone to very difficult to reach places like people hiking in the Arctic or climbing Mount Everest or, you know, scuba diving in caves and, and all this like hard to reach or dangerous hikes and stuff like that. It's not a commercial about camping equipment. They don't go, okay, well, today we're going to talk about the RF7 tent. You know, it's about the people's stories and how did they come to want to do this and how did they train and. And what are the cool little things that they, they learned along the way that somebody else going out to do it today can, can take and, and use, you know, rather than falling into that, that problem. And you know what they do? How they build that into a retail structure? is they say, hey, if you're interested in seeing what equipment they used, it's going to be in the show notes. So you can go look if you want to. That's all you got to do. It doesn't have to be, they took this gear and this gear and this gear, and this is why they use this, which is on sale right now for $29.99. If you get it, buy one, get one free. Like You don't have to do any of that BS. 
I'm gonna have to uh, include a little a little uh, sleeping like <laughs> as you as you say that right there on this episode because that's exactly what will happen if you start doing a commercial within your podcast. People will fall asleep. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with, I mean, lots of commercials are in podcasts. You just don't want the podcast to be a commercial, right? Correct. You can, you can do little call, call outs, you know, calls to action. You can have little commercial moments, quote unquote, within your podcast, but you certainly do not want it to focus around the idea that you're selling a product or anything like that. Yeah. You got a lot of product reads right now where like the commercial is, is read by the person in the podcast, right? So it doesn't, seem as much like a commercial, even though they can say it's sponsored by that person, right? Like today's episode of Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Podcast Mastery, the only course to get your podcast start to finish with marketing and a blueprint in your hand that will show you how to get a podcast that is going to meet your company's goals. Now, Dan, what's the next W? The next W is how, and there is a W in that, remember. How? <laughs> You have to know how, after answering the who, the why, the when, and the what, you have to know how you're then going to accomplish getting that podcast made, right? So you got to build yourself an action plan. You're going to have to build yourself a recording and release schedule. Determine when and how many times you want to release. You know, is it once a week? Is it, as this show is, twice a week? Do you want to do bi-weekly, once a month? I mean, and it doesn't matter so much as, as long as you stay consistent with that release schedule. Yes. You don't necessarily have to overload yourself in the beginning. And even as you did in this podcast, you started once a week. And then when the pandemic hit, you decided, hey, I've got a little extra time on my hands. We're going to up the schedule. And that's fine. You can do that. You can even move it backwards if, you you know, your life gets busy and you decide, hey, I'm going to kick it back to once every other week or whatever. But just once you make that decision, stay consistent after you've made your decision. Don't pod fade, for goodness sake. Don't drop out after eight episodes and then nobody ever hears from you again. And another thing I would recommend, and this is honestly, I recommend this to everybody. And I love that you've done this and many other podcasters do it correctly, but many do not. And they get themselves in trouble. And that is build an episode buffer. Once you start the recording process, once you start interviews, once you start rolling into the show, build yourself a buffer so that like, for instance, this week, when it snowed six inches here in Portland and the power went out and the internet went down for four straight days, you have the ability to continue to launch shows on your schedule, even though you're having a problem in real time getting shows edited or produced or whatever it is when you have a buffer. And I recommend that buffer be at least one month ahead. Whatever your show schedule is, make it at least a month. You can try for more. Certainly, that would be great, but at least a month. Make sure that you're creating a buffer so that even if you want to take a vacation, whatever it is, you have that ability to do so and, you know, have wiggle room to make sure that your show stays on schedule. Because again, you're doing it for your listener, right? And your listener expects to hear a show every Tuesday or every whatever your schedule is. You need to have, you know, three, four episodes in the bank before you start launching. You want to have those out. And the other thing that you could do is most podcast software you can schedule with. So you can actually upload it, you know, or have your assistant, your VA, whoever's in charge of those things, right, can can put those episodes in for you, type in all the information, get it all ready and set it. And then you can also schedule out your social media around those, too. So you could schedule the whole thing out. One thing is just to be careful if there is something that comes up, you need to be aware of what is going to be coming out, like so that you could slip in an episode or take out something. You know, you don't want to have an episode where maybe it's like you have somebody on from like the Texas Energy Board to tell you about how how robust their energy grid is. And then the energy grid goes down from the freak storm that they had. You don't want that episode coming out the same week, right? Yeah, that would be bad. You don't want your episodes a month ahead when they do a lockdown for COVID, you know, and maybe there's like a third wave, right? It comes out and they do another lockdown in your city and you're talking about, you know, how people should come to in-person events. So you just want to make sure that you've got a handle on that. Another thing is you don't, you don't have to release constantly, right? So, so what I see a lot of podcasts do is they'll have, say, like a 20-week schedule or a 30-week schedule and that's their season, and then they take a few months off and then they, you know, get a few ahead again and then they do that. I mean, we do 
year round, but you don't necessarily have to. You can set your season length to any amount of shows you want. And then when you set your season length, just let your listeners know what's happening, right? So when you finish episode 20 of your 20 episode series and you're going to take three months off, let them know on that final episode or even the final two or three episodes running up to the end, hey, we're going to be taking a break. Don't expect to see us until such and such time in the future. But hey, on that date, we'll be back. And then make sure you're back. Right. Another thing you could also do is if once you've been going for a few years, you can say, oh, this is a rebroadcast of our September 2020 episode or whatever. Right. So you could put those in the schedule like television reruns, basically. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have evergreen content, there's nothing wrong with doing that, especially if it's a popular episode. Yeah. Or especially if it's a fictional show. Right. If it's not necessarily interview related or timely. You can always drop those in later. So, Dan, I think that's a good start for everybody. And I wanted to quickly, just because it's so popular, it's gone from 1 million to 3 million in a three-week period. And then three weeks later, there's 5 million. As of today, I saw a report that there's 8 million users on Clubhouse right now. The app has been said to be worth over a billion dollars that hasn't generated a single dollar in revenue yet, which that's for another story. But I like Clubhouse. That's that's like most startup companies at this point, right? That's right. So, Dan, you're at Clubhouse at Daniel D. Craig. Yes. And I'm at Matt Rouse, if you guys want to follow us on Clubhouse. And uh, why don't you give us like just a quick, what do you, how would you describe Clubhouse? Oh, so this has been fun. I've actually had to describe it several times to people because I love it so much already and have been advocating for it. I really need an affiliate link. Clubhouse, shout out, just saying. It is, the way I describe it, it is an endless hallway full of conference rooms, and you walk down that hallway and you can poke your head in on any room, and it's audio only. There's no video involved. So you can poke your head in, check it out. Hey, what's going on in this room? What are they talking about here? Huh, not very interesting. I'm going to go check this one out. And you can do that all day, and you can do that until you find your you know, your people, really, you, when you find your niche, the things you like to listen to. And the other fantastic thing I've noticed about it is it is very business, professional, industry-centric, right? There's a lot of that in there. But you can also find niche stuff about sports and, and language learning. And I mean, the other night I was in a podcast room. I, I saw it and was like, what is this about? Because it said podcast theater, first musical on Clubhouse. And I jumped in and the whole gist of the room was... You had to give your point across in a sing-song voice, and no one could say anything that wasn't singing. And it was fantastic. And we spent an hour, probably 10, 12 of us in this room, singing to each other, laughing our asses off. It was so <laughs> freaking hilarious and fun. And that, to me, is the best part about Clubhouse. You can go into these serious business rooms, learn a ton, as I have done over the past several weeks, and then you're like, well, tonight I'm not feeling all that serious. I'm going to go jump over here in a silly room and have just as much fun or, or learn new things there, too. Yeah, some of them have been a bit serious, right? But for the most part, everybody's pretty friendly and, you know, stuff on there. And it really reminds me of some like an old interview platform. There was a video drop in interview platform called Blab that was way before its time. But yeah, the the, the thing with rooms that you could do is so let's say Dan and I start a room, which I mean, we're going to be doing regularly rooms with the podcast mastery course. We're going to set up a room for that so people can ask us questions about podcasting and you set up a room and then you can invite other people to be speakers with you on the room or you can just go and listen. Right. You don't have to talk. So you can just drop in and listen to whenever you want. And the kind of moderators of the room have control over who speaks and who doesn't speak. So it's kind of self-regulating, right? If somebody comes on, they're being a dick, you just block them. Absolutely. And I've noticed <laughs> right? that there is, for the most part, I've been in a couple of rooms where you just have too many people on stage and there's a little bit of talking over each other. But for the most part, everybody really seems to follow the decorum of taking turns, allowing the person who's speaking to finish speaking, right? And to, to get their point out. And then somebody else jumps in and, and it's not even always the moderator who says now in the bigger rooms, if you have thousands of people in the room, you know, 15, 20, 30 people on stage, usually the moderator is saying, okay, that person is done. Now the next person in line can speak. And that's perfectly fine. But in the smaller rooms, you can get into a, a situation where it's 10, 12 of you all on stage and you're all just naturally 
having a conversation. Nobody is necessarily in line to speak. You all just speak when you feel you need to interject something. And everyone is able to follow that decorum of allowing that other person to speak. And, you know, everyone I've run into so far has been very polite. Even if you do start to talk over each other, somebody will always, oh, so go ahead, you know, you speak and then I'll go, you know. Right. There's an interesting, interesting thing that when you have a mute button that shows up with a little icon, like a little microphone icon over your picture on it. And when what I've seen a lot of people doing in rooms is when you want to speak or you want to answer a question or something, you flick the mute button on and off a few times. So it kind of looks like it's flashing and that lets the moderator know that you want to speak next and then they can call your name and and then you can include without having to interrupt anybody. I have also seen that that same effect works as a, a way of like nodding your head without opening the mic and saying, yes, I agree. It's just a mic flick, 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 flick to say, yes, I'm agreeing with what's being said right now. Right. Yes, 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 I agree. They'll probably have some like emoji buttons or something, you know, added to the interface later. You can also go into a room, you know, you listen or whatever, and you can click on people so you can follow them if you like what they're saying. You can look at their followers, see if there's other interesting people. There's a search on there to find people maybe you already follow on other platforms that you like to hear from. But it's a great way to discover new people and learn about new topics. And, you know, sometimes people will be... You know, like this is the Portland room or this is the Nova Scotia room and you can go in there like this is the knitting circle and and this is the, you know, how to start a podcast room and this is the, you know, business masters or whatever. Right. This is the one for electricians only, you know, and so there's all kinds of different topics. Anybody can make any topic they want and then people can go in the room and talk. I think it's worth checking out. It's on iPhone well iOS. So if you don't have an iPhone, but you do have like an iPad or an iPad mini or something, you can still use it. The Android app's supposed to be out any time now. I was going to say they are trying to come out with the Android app at some point. I just haven't heard a, a launch date or release date at this point. I think the, the holdup is not the app itself. It's the servers. I think they can only handle so much traffic and they've got more than they can handle. But scaling uh, isn't as hard as it used to be, so it's not going to take that long. Right. I wanted to make one more point, too, sure. about Clubhouse, and that is, so the the old way of social media, right, is you always, at least the way I, I've always understand it, you want more people following you than you follow. Not everybody does that, right? But there's sort of this idea that you have to have thousands of people following you and you only follow 500. On Clubhouse, they actually encourage you to follow as many people as possible because the more people you follow, the more rooms open up to you. The more moderators you're following, the more rooms that are available to you. So it actually encourages people to follow each other rather than you get into this idea of, well, they don't know as much as me, so I shouldn't follow them, which I think you see on other platforms like Instagram and Twitter and things like that. Yeah, it could be tough. And, and you know, you're going to see this almost immediately. Facebook used to have a similar platform, right, where you could go in a room like a messenger room and chat. And they have video messenger rooms right now, but they weren't public. So Facebook, you know, with Zucker McCopycat is going to put out that feature, right, immediately. And Twitter bought a company that does something similar, and they're going to have that kind of move in. So you're going to see this come out on other platforms first. Or, or again, yeah, uh, what is it? Twitter, I think, Twitter voices, I think they're calling it. Yeah. Something like that. You know, I think it's going to be too late. Right. I think the heavy hitters are, are in, in most of the industry, especially in the marketing journalism industries and, you know, freelancers and stuff like that are kind of already on Clubhouse. As long as Clubhouse can get the Android version out fast enough. But I think also having the ability to use desktop on some of those is going to really change it up for, you know, like if if Facebook or Twitter comes out with it first on desktop before anybody else does, then people can listen to it, you know, while they're working. I know a lot of people listen to it on their phone while they're working right now. They just put their headphones in or whatever. Once it's on desktop, it's going to open it up for a lot of people, but it's going to be fun to see what happens. Anyway, I think it's definitely worth learning. It's definitely worth spending the time, especially if you're a freelancer, you're a person who's going to grow your business. You want to educate people about your industry. You want to meet people in, you know, your niche or your hobby or your passion project. You know, I don't know if you have listened to the podcast much before, you know that I'm kind of into Dungeons and Dragons. I was on Dungeons and Dragons group a couple of days ago. We were talking about some in-game, you know, stuff that's that's interesting if you're into that sort of thing. You know, it's it's great. It's got all kinds of stuff for people to listen to. And yeah, and, and that's that's the really cool part is you can find your people 
and then you can interact with them in real time, right? You don't have to text message back and forth, which is so impersonal. The voice is enough. You don't need video necessarily to interact with these people in real time. And you're looking at, at an icon of their face, right? Their avatar. So you know what the person looks like and you know what the real name is. And you're able to bump elbows and, and ask conversations with people who you would never, ever be able to in any other platform, at least not in that way. Yeah, there's a lot of access, get access to, to experts. There's a thing about podcasting that is similar in that when you're listening to like an expert on a subject, in, in a lot of cases with podcasts, speak about a subject that you would never have the chance to see them speak unless you spent thousands of dollars to go to like a conference or something, right? To get that kind of information from them. But now it's at your fingertips, right? You can go back, you listen to it as many times as you want. You can save it. You know, you can go back and, oh, what was that thing that he said about Instagram? You know, you go rewind, rewind, rewind and listen to that again, right? And with Clubhouse, because it's not recorded, yeah, you could be in on the conversations and stuff too. And you do get that, that same idea where you can get better access. But the one thing with podcasts is it's recording and you're also, you're building a body of work. So people can go back through your back catalog. And this is what usually happens. Somebody finds one episode, they listen to it, they like it. So they listen to another one, they like that one. They listen to a few more. Maybe they have a couple that's not up their alley, so they skip, skip, and then they find another one they like, and then they go, you know what? I wonder what else they talked about. And then they go back. And they go back to episode one. I've done it many, many times. And then you've got people burning through them. I remember one of my favorite podcasts is the, it's called the Marketing Book Podcast. And uh, man, I've listened to like 200 and something episodes of that podcast over the last few years. And I mean, marketing book doesn't go out of date in a couple of years, right? So I go back and listen to authors tell me all about their book for, you know, hundreds of the best authors in the marketing world. And I'm sure there's other stuff like that for other industries. But yeah, the back catalog is probably one of the biggest advantages in podcasting. And then, of course, you can repurpose content, which for all you people out there who, who say, what do I going to post on social media? What am I going to put on my blog? Well, you can transcribe it, right? You can make pages for each episode on your website if you want to. You can just make a medium post or a blog post about what you talked about. You can do a best of post. You can make videos out of it. Like ours, we cut clips out of it. And then our team makes videos out of those clips. We use those videos on our social media and then we repurpose those down the road. So yep, you can make audiograms and yeah, we're reposting all that information. You could cut, you know, if there's clips of specific information that you think is, is really valuable from an audio standpoint, like an audiogram, like you're saying, you upload those onto like Profound. You could use those in Twitter. There's all kinds. You can embed them on your website. So tons and tons of repurposing uses for content on podcasts too. So if somebody wants to get started in podcasting and they've they've gone through the five W's, Right. What do you think the next step from there is? Is it should they be trying to contact someone to help them get it started? Is it maybe they need to take a course like I know we have the podcast mastery course coming out soon. You guys can go pre-order that, by the way, if you want. It's uh, hookseo.com. Click the training button. You'll see it. But is, is the next step like learning how to do the podcast kind of thing? Is it finding an agency who can help you finding someone like yourself who can get it started? What's that next step? Well, a little bit, it depends on whether you're doing it for business purpose or just personal purpose. But I would honestly say the next step is ready, fire, aim, right? In most cases, your fear is what's going to stop you. You know, whether it's you're not familiar with your own voice or you have imposter syndrome or whatever the case is, it's your fear that's stopping you from actually taking that next step. You've sat down, you've gone through the five W's. You say, okay, I want to do all this. You just have to do it. You just have to literally then sit down, hit record. And here's the thing. You may very well not use the first thing you record. You probably won't. And that's okay. You should sit down and get comfortable recording, get comfortable with just the process right? Get comfortable with how you're going to make this become a consistent reality for yourself. And I would say, honestly, that is the next step. And it's, it's a big step. It doesn't sound like a big step, but it really is a big step because you're, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. You're saying, okay, I've thought about it all. Now I have to take action. And that really is going to be your next big step. And then from there, obviously, you know, there's many other things that you mentioned that you can then 
once you're comfortable, once you're creating episodes, you can then start to dive into all those other avenues. But really it is ready, fire, aim. Just, just make yourself do it. And there are some people out there and I agree with them to some degree that the ready, fire, aim strategy is not always the best because uh, you make mistakes along the way that you wouldn't have made if you went slower and, you know, took more advice from other people. But most people out there just have that fear of getting started and the ready, fire, aim strategy gets you started. And then you can adjust, you know, A test, B test from there, figure out how to, you know, and I've talked to people who literally started over their podcast or they moved in a different direction with their podcast, but they started and that first amount of the, the things they learned was so valuable to them that they said, hey, even though this one isn't working for me, I'm going to move into a second one. They didn't say I'm going to quit, right? So right. I think that for me is the, the, the next step. Just do it. Sit down, start recording, ready, fire, aim. And on that same note, here's something that most people don't know about podcasts also, especially if you don't have one, is that you can upload a new version of the of the episode, right? So say you're like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to get three or four episodes in. You start doing some recording and you go, oh, man, you know what? I've kind of changed the format a little bit. I wish I'd have done that on episode one and two. You could just go back and edit episode one and two re-record the piece that you wanted to do or whatever, however you want to change it, and then re-upload that. And then anyone in the future who listens to that episode will get the new version that you've put in place. So you can always fix it, right? You can change it after the fact and you can fix it. And, you know, if you are in a larger organization, then, you know, the next step is probably going to be taking a look at the amount of time and resources you're going to need, Right. You need to think about how much time it's actually going to take to like most people say, OK, well, it's going to take me an hour to record the podcast. And, you know, the editing company is this much dollars. And so this is my budget. But what you really need to think about is the amount of time it takes to find guests, figure out how to get them on a schedule. Right. The back and forth of the scheduling, which I would automate, by the way. And how much time the editing takes and then who is going to be doing like the uploading and stuff like that. If that's an agency or if you have someone on staff that's going to do it like a VA or something, they need to be trained. You have to account for their time. So there's a lot of things to look into besides just the actual recording time. You're also probably going to want to budget for a couple extra episodes that are not necessarily in the schedule. Those are like drop in episodes like. You know, if somebody doesn't show up on your podcast schedule and, you know, their episode is supposed to come out in two weeks, well, you better have a backup episode to slip into that spot, right? So yeah, budgeting for that stuff. And you should think about a follow-up process too with your guests. And once you've budgeted all that stuff in, then you can take that to whoever the decision maker is in the company and say, look, this is how much staff resources it's going to take to get this done. This is the cost of the agency for the editing or, you know, how much VA time or whatever we need to get it done. Uh, this is our software costs. And then you can kind of lay that all out. But yeah, I think if you are a small business, a freelancer, you know, a hobbyist, you know, an artist, fiction writer, you know, any of that kind of stuff, performer, then you, the first thing that you're going to want to do is figure out how to get something recorded. And then the second thing you're going to want to do after you've done the five W's, of course, is going to be record something, see how it goes. Because you don't have to keep it. You can always change it. You don't even have to publish it. Just get started, like you said. Get over the hurdle and get rolling. Another one is learn how to use your equipment. Yes. Before, you know, that's a good a good thing to sit down and do before you actually start to record episodes. Know how your equipment works so that if something goes sideways during a recording, you understand how to fix it, you know, because now you've got a guest in front of you. You don't want to waste their time and you're fumbling around trying to figure out how things are working. Know how your equipment works ahead of time. Right. Or at least test it ahead of time. You don't want to be the person who logs into Zoom or whatever and your guest can't hear you or something. And, you know, there's always computer problems. Things happen. But, yeah, testing is 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 or at least knowing how to use your equipment or or testing it in advance to make sure it's working before, you know, just get a coworker, a friend, spouse, whatever to come on and log on to Zoom or Squadcast or whatever it is with you. And test that stuff out first. And then regarding having guests on, communication with your guests is key, right? Being able to not only test your own equipment, but then as we did this morning, we sat down before we actually started recording, we tested to make sure everything was working. And you should have a checklist 
to sort of go through for yourself for each guest. Are all these things on point? Doop, doop, doop. Yep, they sure are. Okay, now we can go. And then more importantly, I think, and a lot of a lot of people either forget this or just don't think they have the the right to sometimes, but you should be willing, like say your guest, and I'm going to do it for dramatic effect, or say your guest tries to lean back in his chair and he just wants to be real casual and relaxed and not look at the microphone, right? You as the, the host should say, hey, hey, I need you to come back to the mic. And you, you or whoever your editor is can cut that part out. So it's never heard, but you should have the, you know, you should be willing to say, Hey, we got to stop for a second because the sound parameters of the podcast have gone out of what they need to be for the listener to enjoy this. I'm going to need you as the guest to come back and, you know, don't lean back in your chair, stop drumming on the table, whatever it is, right? It's, it's okay to stop your guests yeah. and say that kind of stuff. <laughs> you get somebody who's like, doo, 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 and you're like, oh, no, stop doing that thing. <laughs> but you can, I mean, you got to say it in a nice way. But yeah, that's also where having an editor comes in. And that's fabulous because Dan does our editing for us. If you're a smaller business, you're a freelance or something like that, you can learn how to do editing yourself. And there's always software that you can use to help you. Dan, if somebody wants to talk to you about having Silent Outburst Productions help them produce their podcast, how do they get a hold of you? They can find me. The best way, of course, is Daniel at SilentOutburstProductions.com. You can go directly to the website and get uh, a form to sign up and do a discovery meeting with me there on the website, or you can reach out to me directly through email. Or, of course, you can find me on Clubhouse at Daniel D. Craig. Any of those three are great ways to reach out to me. You can also find me on Clubhouse at Matt Rouse. It's M-A-T-T-R-O-U-S-E. And if you guys are interested in pre-ordering, or depending upon when you're listening to this, ordering our podcast course that has not only the two sections of the course that we covered today on the podcast, but another eight more sections plus some extra stuff to keep you rolling and get your podcast out and marketed, all that stuff is going to be in the Podcast Mastery course, which you can get to. Go to hookseo.com. That's H-O-O-K-S-E-O.com. Click the training button and in there you can see all our courses and freebies and stuff and just click on podcast mastery. Yep. And don't worry, in the course we do talk about, because this is the most asked question out there, we will cover which microphone to use. I promise. That's right. Microphones, we'd cover equipment, all that kind of stuff and software. Man, there's a lot of podcast software out there right now. Dan, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge about both Clubhouse and podcasting today. And uh, we'll see you on Clubhouse. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.